Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, a nursing podcast with your host, Beth Quas. Before we get started, we have a few quick notes. Don't Eat Your Young is a listener-supported podcast. To learn more about becoming a member and the perks available to you for becoming a patron yourself, visit patreon.com slash don't eat your young. You can learn more about the show, share your story to join Beth as a guest, or connect with our wonderful community in our Facebook group. You can find all those links and more at don'teatyouryoung.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young. I'm your host, Beth Quas. Today, I'm excited to have Rachel Murray on the show. She's been a nurse practitioner in neonatology for several years, but she also did something different. She went to the Dale Carnegie Institute and became a professional development trainer. And I'm excited to have her on and hear her views on how we can incorporate that into nursing and healthcare. So hi, Rachel. Thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Beth. How are you? Well, it's very cold here in Minnesota today, but I think you being in San Diego, you're not dealing with the same issues. No, I'm not. But actually, it's raining. And I was just thinking about how crazy it is having so much rain in SoCal this year. It's been it's been a lot, but it's not the same as the Midwest. I remember those winters growing up a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know as well as I do how it can be around here. I sure do. Well, thanks. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Rachel. So I'm a neonatal nurse practitioner. Um, I started nursing in 2004. It was my first degree. And I jumped right into the NICU from undergrad. Um, so I did NICU for a while and I did ER, um, went back to grad school and did PEDS urgent care while I was in school and actually got my PNP um, first and then decided before my program was even done, I think I was about three or four months away from graduating when I realized I didn't want to be a PNP. So, so that was fun, right? Um, so I finished that out, but I also did a post-master's neonatal program. So I have been practicing as a neonatal nurse practitioner since, uh, geez, I think about 2011. And then one of the big things that I know we'll talk about today is uh, my role in professional development. So um, and two, about two years after that, 2013 is when I started doing a lot of professional development training on the side. I took a course through Dale Carnegie Training, which is a personal and professional development training company that has been around for well over 100 years. Some people are really familiar with it, some not so much, but it's been around for a long time. And I firmly believe that's because the training is is just that good and it works well. So I took that and I dove right into becoming a trainer. I had had some background in education, you know, a lot of precepting primarily, and I was a clinical educator, a clinical preceptor, excuse me. Um, but the train when I found training, it was really clear to me that that was something that I wanted to do, that I could do, and I just dove in. So I've been working as an NNP and as a trainer primarily for Dale Carnegie training and then some on my own, largely for the better part of almost probably nine years now I've been doing both roles. And what made you want to look into the becoming a professional development trainer? I sort of had this feeling in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something related to education, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I had, I had that for the longest time, even as I was in grad school for, to be an, a nurse practitioner, I knew there was something else. And now knowing what I know, the reason why I couldn't quite find it is because training 
that's not an advanced practice option for a nurse, right? You can go into education, but to be a trainer doesn't exist. I didn't even know what it was. So I had this nudge, yet nothing quite fit. Now I see how it fits perfectly with me. Um, So um, to answer your question, it was kind of always there. I just didn't really realize it. And what it took was for me to meet the right person. So I met somebody when I was living in Wisconsin who was a Dale Carnegie trainer and he opened me up to that whole world. So I took a program and as soon as I was there, I said, oh yeah, this is, this is it. This is for me for sure. And let's even go back a step farther. So tell us what is a professional development trainer? If you think about like sitting in a classroom you are largely listening to somebody speak or you're watching a PowerPoint, maybe a video. There's a lot of knowledge transfer, right? Like you're you're leaving and hopefully you're a little bit smarter than you were when you walked in. What training really looks at is not just knowledge transfer, but it goes beyond that to skill transfer. So the idea being that when I walk into a training space, there is some knowledge and skill deficit that I have. And when I leave, I not only understand how to develop the skill, but indeed I am better at it in just the few hours that I've been there. So for example, as a nurse, you wouldn't just read a book on how to start an IV. You would also do it. You would practice it. You would ideally practice it with a coach, with somebody right next to you. It's the same concept, only it's really for what a lot of people refer to as the quote unquote soft skills, building confidence, managing stress, uh, communicating more clearly, all of those good things. So it's not like a PowerPoint lecture, let's talk about it, but it's a training space where you actually practice skills and tools in under the supervision of a professional coach trainer, i.e. me in this case that we're talking about. And so when you walk out of the room, you literally have better skills than you did when you came in. How is that not part of nursing curriculum? <laughs> oh my God, I now know. that you explain that. Oh my gosh, we all need that. And I'm an educator. I need that. (laughs) Yeah, everybody needs it, right? I mean, because you can only do so much just by talking about how to learn a certain skill. You at some point have to do it. And um, no, I completely agree with you. The, The fact that this type of training doesn't exist very much in the nursing space really boggles my mind because the end result of what a nurse does is so vital and so important. It's crazy to me that we don't give the nurse, give nurses every opportunity to develop these skills, the highest level of training that exists. We've had the same educational system in nursing for way too long. And it's time, and I think we all realize now it's time to change and blow that up and redefine what nurses need today. Um, So this has to be part of moving (laughs) forward. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually meeting with someone tomorrow at a local school of nursing. Fingers crossed they understand my vision as well, because I, I'm with you, right? Like it should be part of curriculum, if you ask me. Absolutely. Now that I know what it is, it <laughs> has to be. And I know that you're working, um, not just in working with the school, but moving forward to train nurses outside of school, correct? So I have my own business, correct? It's called Elevate Nurses. Um, and I have done some coaching and training through that. Um, and I do, through involvement with my local organization, you know, I still work in a hospital. I do trainings at staff meetings. Uh, well, that's the, there are a lot of other nuances and places in the organization without giving too many details that are boring. But yes, inside the organization as well. Oh, that's fantastic. 
when you go into that school and say they gave you free reign to do whatever you wanted, what would it look like? If I had free reign to do whatever I wanted, I mean, first of all, you have to give somebody what's actually useful to them. So I'd have to have that conversation. But what seems most useful in my mind, what I would do if I could do anything I wanted is I would actually have a training program that lasted several days, um, maybe one day a week for five weeks. I mean, I don't know. That's just an example. But it would be a time-phased learning program where you work on building skills as you go. And there's coaching and training in it, as well as support throughout the weeks if if anybody needs it. Um, that would be that would be like the tip top ideal, right? But not everybody likes to spend that much time on everything. Um, so either way, I would still say at the very least, uh, if I could have nurses in the room or nursing students in the room for at least one full day where I could just really work, get down to business quickly, um, that would be ideal. What did your training look like? This is one of the reasons why I think Dale Carnegie training is, is just superior in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased um, because the training was really rigorous. I graduated from one of their programs in February of 2014. And I instantly dove into being what they call a graduate assistant. So you basically coach inside the program. Um, you also have are assigned participants that you coach throughout the weeks. So I got a lot of practice just coaching. And, you know, that's really wide open. It might be coaching basically on certain tools that we talked about or revisiting them. Or it might even be things like, hey, I'm having problems with my coworker or my husband or my kid or my whatever, um, or my confidence is in the toilet. So you're, it's just really wide open. And once you coach a few times, then you go through a, a series of two certification events. The first one is basically geared towards how to actually be a trainer, which isn't easy, frankly. I mean, I love it. So I dove in, but it's a lot of work. It's professional facilitation, which that in and of itself, I realize not a lot of people have training in. People who facilitate day in and day out, they still don't have a lot of training in how to facilitate well. Um, so it's professional facilitation. It's how to uh, give presentations, how to coach in the moment. There's a lot of focus on those main things, but basically how to control a training environment so that you keep a culture in that room that is really safe and conducive to learning. So that's like number one has to be there. You have to learn how to do that. And then once you've got that, it's how do you customize the training for your audience so that it is completely relatable and relevant to them. Um, that's the first part of the training process. And then the second part of the certification is specific to content for that, for the Dale Carnegie organization. It took, it's about a year because then you go into like the quote unquote, um, what do we call it? can't remember the term, but it's essentially like student training, right? Then you're in the room and you, you know, like student teaching kind of. So yeah, it's about a year. Okay. So now this is not even just for nursing students. This is now for nursing educators like me, because why wouldn't I need something like that? I, that's another thing. If I had, if I could get my hands on a room full of nursing educators and just show them how to facilitate just a few tools to that would make the room um, come alive more, I would love to do it. I would, I, I was certified through Dale Carnegie as a master trainer. What that means is I am certified how to teach others how to facilitate. So yeah, if you got a group of, of educators, I'd be, I'd love 
to work with them. Well, funny you mentioned <laughs> that. I happen to know a group. I would say nursing education, the most, for most of us, we just, we know the, in the, we know the content to teach. And I, I will speak from my experience. I was a nurse anesthetist for over 20 years. Um, and so I taught students clinically for many, many years, walking into the classroom and teaching them the information that they need to pass boards is completely different than teaching them in the clinical space. And I don't think very many nursing educators get a course on how to teach and how to set up their content. Um, so that's why I think this would be equally as important for those people teaching. Yeah, absolutely. I understand what you mean. I mean, the difference between a clinical space and an academic space is is huge. And being able to bridge that gap and distill things down to a one-hour class or two-hour class has, has got to be a huge skill to develop. And there is so much content and there's actually so many new things that weren't even known when I was a student. So I am learning about all the new names of things and the new receptors they've found and the new drugs and how much there is to know. So to be able to have some kind of training to kind of bring that all out, like you said, to make it engaging, engaging material um, and making students want to be there and learn, uh, I think is a skill that we could all use as well. There's a lot that goes into it, but just one thing I'll say to you right off the bat is um, so much of it is really understanding the goals of the individual students. Specifically, what are their pain points? Do they want to be able to walk in and feel super confident? Is the issue that they they feel dumb, for lack of a better word, talking in front of physicians? Like, what is the, really their pain point? And if you can tap into that, understand what that is, and then show them how your content will get them there, that is huge. And it sounds very obvious, but I notice a lot of facilitators don't do that, especially in healthcare. At least what I see in my organization, the facilitators that are brought in, there's sort of this assumption that, oh, well, the goal of nurses is just to do good and give good care. Well, sure, that's one of them. But you know, when they're going home at the end of the day, what is it that they're so frustrated by? What What is it like if I could, if I could make your day better or perfect in one way, what would it be? Right? Like really understanding what that is and then just showing how that your content can get them there. That's fantastic. And that's what you have to do when you build your business too. You have to know who you're going to target and what do they need? What can you offer that they need, which is Exactly. Step one. That's amazing what you just said, because it just brought so much to my mind. So I appreciate that. And I'm excited to have you here to talk more about it, because I've never met anyone that went through the Dale Carnegie Institute to become a trainer, nor did I really understand what it was. And so you're shedding light on a lot of things here. Thanks. Well, I love that you're giving me a platform to talk about it um, because you're not alone. There are so many, you know, I've been doing this, like I said, nine years probably for the Dale Carnegie training and just so few people really understand what it is. Uh, most people haven't even heard of it. So I could just get a lot of blank stares and, you know, in the healthcare world that just, just drives me crazy, right? That that's where we are with training. This is just going, blowing my mind. Could you imagine if a bunch of hospital administrators had gone through that training and knew what to ask what their employees needed? Could you imagine working in that facility and how amazing that would be? I know. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. It would be night and day. 
I think you are on the tip of something incredible and what you're doing can work in so many different ways. Students, educators, administrators, and I'm sure you've seen this just in um, work groups too. If you come together and you're trying to solve a problem or work together, understanding what everybody needs is so important. Absolutely. And you're right that um, training is applicable to all sorts of different um, professions, right? You're talking about healthcare. Um, but yeah, my background in Dale Carnegie training is across all industries, all professions. So you're absolutely right. I mean, I have not met any person, regardless of role, title, industry, who cannot benefit from actual training. So it, you're right. I mean, every, everybody could use it. Myself, right? Us, everyone. Everyone. So nurses out there looking, what can I do next? I guess I'd say go check out becoming a <laughs> Dale Carnegie trainer in professional development because, Rachel, you're going to blow the top off of this, I believe. Oh, thank you. That's my plan, Beth. That is my plan. So when you go in tomorrow to meet with those people from the school, how will you approach it? The woman I'm meeting with tomorrow is, I would say, an acquaintance of a colleague. And um, I specifically reached out to her because I said to my friend, my colleague, hey, I'm looking for somebody in the school system that is open to new ideas and is uh, friendly to big visions. and." who is it? And is is it this woman? Who can you find me? And she pointed me to her. So basically my biggest goal for tomorrow is to share my vision and to find someone inside the system that shares that as well and like thinks it's a good idea and really can help point me in the right direction because I don't have a background in academia. You know, obviously I was a student, but that's about it. So what are some of the challenges that I might run into? Um, can this be done? Can I come into schools and work with nursing students? Yes or no. And if, if, if yes, how do we, how do, what does that look like? How do we make it work? If no, fine, but where else can I go? It just, it's, so it's just informative trying to figure out, navigate the academic system. So going back and relating this to the clinical world, how do you use this every day when you're dealing with families? Oh my gosh. My ability to communicate and work with families, I mean, it's almost immeasurable the difference and how much better I am at it than I was when I started my career. And I am positive it's a result of, of a lot of the trainings that I've had. So first of all, I communicate differently just as a rule as a result of all the trainings that I've done. So I use my own content and content of other people's and Dale Carnegie's content all the time to the point where it's almost just automatic in how I behave now. Um, but I can use it, it clinically with with other colleagues where, um, you know, occasionally I'll offer advice. People will need help with a certain problem and I can give them a tip. And like I said, I have gone into staff meetings a lot lately and been just giving quick snippets of advice. Not Advice isn't even the right word. Um, the extent that I can do a training in an hour, because that's what I usually get for a staff meeting, and just give them ideas on how to work with parents, how to communicate. I say parents because I work with newborns, so patients are parents. And then I can work with other nurses to help them do the same. And I largely do that through coming to their staff meetings. Have you found anybody that wants to follow you and do that training? No. Oh, you mean to like be, to become a trainer? No. Yeah. Yeah, no. So hopefully after this podcast, we're going to get people that say, well, that sounds as amazing as I think it is because I, it can only benefit people, I think. In communicating better and knowing how to 
work with others better. Yeah. And, and, and just to be clear, I certainly people want to do trainings, but I have not found anyone who wants to be a trainer, which is fine. I, I do. Not I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there are other organizations, but I will say if anyone wants to be a trainer, um, I just love Dale Carnegie. I think their training vetting process is good. Um, I think the way they train their trainers is phenomenal. So if anyone is, if I'm motivating anyone to go that route, that is an amazing organization to look into. There was a class that I taught, this was a while ago, but we referred students to look at Dale Carnegie's website because he has just a lot of free information on there, or that institute has a lot of free information that you can tap into as well. A hundred percent. You know, what's really interesting is um, the program for them that I started delivering. At this point, I deliver so many programs for them. Um, But the one that I started is really the flagship program, how to win, that's based on the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I would say maybe a quarter of the content, which is a pretty good amount, is available 100% free just in his books. Now, this is here where training is so important, right? Like you're going to read a book versus attend a training program. They're night and day. Um, But to your point, yes, a lot of content is free. Uh, Free trainings, free, you know, books, free white papers. Um, Yeah. So it's a great resource. It's amazing to me that you actually pointed people there. I think that's amazing. Right. And I have his book and I have to admit, I bought it because I knew who he was and I'd heard of him and I haven't read it. So now I'm going to read it. <laughs> Which one did you buy? How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, certainly. You know, I just think that he he really nailed it in a lot of ways. You know, I think of like Dale Carnegie training as sort of the little black dress, um, which is a weird analogy, but it's the it's classic, right? It doesn't go out of style. What I mean by that is um, in a lot of trainings that we do in, in the organization, it just taps into human behavior. And that hasn't changed, right? I mean, there are a lot, and there are a lot of people saying, you know, probably similar content that might be just as good. So I don't want to leave everyone out, but Dale Carnegie really was sort of the, at least as I understand it, uh, the first person to kind of map out how does somebody in the business world relate to people in a way that will make them successful. People were doing it for years, and then then there were also people who were not. And he really sat down and figured out what are those people doing, and it's nothing earth shattering, but he figured it out. And once you figure something out, then you can replicate it. Then you can teach it to others. And that's what he did. And it's really amazing. Oh, that's incredible. Why did you even decide to look for that, to do something different when you, I mean, you're a busy, high demand job as a nurse practitioner anyway. So it goes back to that gentleman that I met who introduced me to Dale Carnegie and training in general. Um, So it was twofold. Number one, and this is probably the biggest thing. I met him and when he would talk about it, he just said it changed his life, simply put. And he had like a little sparkle in his eye, you know, and you see someone talk like that and you think, well, I want what they have, right? I want that. And I wasn't unhappy in my life in any way. I wasn't unsuccessful in any way. Everything was fine, but he just had that like, you know, that pizzazz kind of. And well, why not go after that? right? If he says this program here is the start to that. So that was really the main thing. And then secondly, I was super intrigued about his skill as a trainer. Like I said to you, I had this sort of bug in the back of my mind. There's something more out there for me. It's not quite education in the university system, but it's education-esque. I didn't really know. 
I just was baffled by him. He he had a what was his background in? I think he used to have a, his own construction company, and his degree in school was maybe business. I don't think so though. My point is, I was like, he's doing nothing relating to what he used to do, and yet he has this life that is really interesting, and he's very good at it. And it's just this a skill set that was in demand that I didn't even know existed. And so when I looked at him and I thought, wow, this, this is a skill set that you can just learn. You don't have to go to extra schooling. And it feels like it's something that might really fit with me. Um, so that was another thing that was really attractive to me to look into it. So those two reasons. That's amazing. I think this whole conversation is very enlightening to me too, because I, I had heard of Dale Carnegie and I knew about um, some of the work he had done, but by putting the two together, healthcare and professional development, I think you are moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think so too, Beth. I don't think anybody is doing what I am starting or what I want to do. So tell us what you do within your business of Elevate Nurses right now. So that's kind of what I was talking about with developing trainings um, in my local organization. So there is a great opportunity to for me to test content and deliver trainings um, for them. Um, I also do sporadically, not a lot yet because I'm just starting out, but I do from time to time offer public trainings for communication and stress management. Those are like the two focuses or foci that I have right now. That's fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear more about what you're doing because I think this is just the beginning of helping people understand how to communicate better with everybody in healthcare, students, educators, with our patients, with administrators, administrators back to employees. I think this is going to grow very large. Yeah. Thank you, Beth. That's the plan. Like I said, thank you. So tell us what can you, what tips or advice can you share with nurses right now? I know we've given, we've talked a lot about those already, but what would you like to leave with nurses listening today? Certainly the idea that professional training is out there. So if you're not getting the help you need from your organization, um, be it one of those soft skills of communication or learning how to be assertive, your confidence, or even if it's just general well-being and health and well-being for yourself, just know that there are a lot of great resources outside of your organization. That's what I did. I went outside of my organization and I found exactly what I needed. Um, So I would really like for people to understand that that exists. I love that. And you've given them some great resources already today. And like I said, Dale Carnegie's website has free information all over it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, you know, one other tidbit, we talked a lot about Dale Carnegie, but I, which is amazing. um, But right before I took his program, I remember reading the book, Crucial Crucial Conversations. And I don't know if nursing students or nurses talk about that a whole lot anymore. I'm not sure. But I would just like to say I also found a lot of help from that book. Completely free, a great book, and it really worked for me. I agree. I read that book um, when I was doing my doctorate program. That was one of the books we had to read. Extremely helpful. Um, The other book that I think is incredible, and I've read it twice, is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That book as well, it changed my life. So there's a lot of things, like you said, I'm glad you brought that up. There are a lot of things out there that you can find that really will, even though it's just a book reading, 
then we find people like you to talk about it in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I am so excited that you came on and talked to us today, and I can't wait to follow you and see what more you do. Um, and where can people find you? So I'm active on LinkedIn. I do have a presence on Facebook as well. And I do have a website, elevatenurses.com. Currently it's down because I'm fixing a few things, but it exists. I have the domain, so um, it will be up and running shortly. You can also always email me at rachel at elevatenurses.com. And I'd be happy to reach out to you. Fantastic. If you want more information, please reach out to Rachel and everything will be in the show notes. So I thank you so much, Rachel, and good luck with everything. Thanks again, Beth. Really appreciate chatting with you. Can you see how far you go? So much this is Beth Quas, your host of Don't Eat Your Young, and this is going to conclude another season of our podcast. I am so thankful for all of the people that have made this a possibility, especially the guests that have come on and given uh, their time and shared their stories, their expertise, their inspiration for nurses out there, the listeners that keep coming back and downloading episodes. I'm amazed at how this podcast has grown. And I also have to thank my producers, Andy and Pete, that I certainly could not do this without. They take my stories and turn them into these podcast episodes. So I have to thank them. And then the amazing Liz Trulio who does all the behind the scenes things for me, created my brand, helped me with my website. She's the one that puts the reels on Instagram and helps me post things on LinkedIn. She is just amazing. So I have to thank all of those people as well. You will hear us back here again soon for season four with more amazing guests. And if you would like to be a guest yourself, please reach out at any time. You can find information on my website. I also have a Patreon page that you can find episodes and content there. And let me know how things are going and what you want to hear more of. I appreciate all of you. That's a wrap. Donut Your Young was produced in partnership with True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. Music by The Lighthearts. Find the show, show notes, and transcripts at DonutYourYoung.com. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. But the best thing you could do to support the show is to share it with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening. Oh,